0: Welcome, everybody, to Sonic Talk, episode 440. Now, 440, as you may know, is a, is, is quite a uh, portentous number, I suppose, if we're talking uh, about uh, things to do with tuning, that is. That's the standard Western tuning A. Uh, there was uh, something very interesting that I found, actually, because I was researching see if I could say anything uh, to do with the number 440. The number 440, apparently, there is a radio station in uh, the US. It's called... Uh, WWV it broadcasts a four forty hertz signal at two minutes past every hour, uh, with WWVH broadcasting the same tone at the first minutes past every hour. It was added in nineteen thirty six to aid orchestras tuning their instruments. There you go, fact finders. That's something that you may or may not find interesting. I, I I was going to try and tune it in, but we're a little bit past the hour, so it would have been fairly dull, and just playing a tuning reference would have really kind of spoiled the moment. I want to say thank you, everybody, to joining us. Uh, th- the fulsome chat room, thank you very much. Nice to see lots of people there, and also to our sponsors, Isotope. You will be hearing from them later, where you will find out, A, if you might possibly, and you entered last week, have won Isotope's Ozone 7 mastering, or... B, you can enter this week's competition where they're giving away yet another copy. How about that, folks? That's astonishing. Anyway, let's get on to our guests. Uh, I'll start with uh, well, I'll start with uh, the, someone we haven't seen for a while. Look who it is! It's Non Eric from MusoTalk.de. How are you?
1: I'm fine. How are you? Uh,
0: I'm good too. You're, you you have a very orange themed um, set there. There's a big piece of orange and an orange. Um, is that a tiny terror or a micro terror? Yeah, a
1: tiny terror. Dual terror. Sorry.
0: Dual terror. Twice the terror in half the size. <laughs> gotta be very careful with that marketing message, I'd imagine, these days. But uh, Yeah. Uh,
1: and then uh, I'm, since we're not getting paid, right? Oh yeah, you got to tape yeah, it up. We're not yeah. getting paid. Sorry. <laughs> Shit. Yeah, we're not getting paid.
0: It's off. <laughs> this is what it's you off. could have had. Uh, non Eric, of course, is the host of the hugely successful German. Music technology and recording and all of those things, uh, version of well, M- M- Music Talk, where they do their own podcast, German language. Uh, and so, what have you been testing recently, Hans?
1: I did the uh, last uh, test I did was iSpark for iOS.
0: Oh, the Arturia thing? <laughs> uh,
1: which is uh, nothing spectacular, you know, a drum machine on a, an iPad. Wow. Whoa. But uh, <laughs> apparently, the um, The Spark LE controller, the small controller, works via a USB camera adapter and and doesn't need um, a powered hub to work. So I figured that would be a nice, nice combination to show to my audience. Ah. It's probably the smallest drum computer available right now. Um, And um, yeah, it's quite slick.
0: There seems to be a recurring theme because I know Gaz is finding this. He he got an iPad Pro and he's been talking. I don't think Gaz can make it this week. He got flu. He was here yesterday and feeling really rough and uh, he's gone. But he has left us with a review of the latest pocket operators, which will be going online soon. But he's been exploring the kind of this... the, the, the reintegration of iPad into workflow, it seems to be getting to a point where it's actually starting to make more sense than it did when it first came out. But perhaps we'll uh, come on to that later. In the meantime, I should introduce the rest of our guests. Uh, we'll start over here in the US with Mr. Richard Hilton, Hiltonius.com, amongst various other places, which, of course, Nye Nile Roger studio guy and live chic keyboardist amongst his many talents. How are you, Rich?
2: Very well. Thank you.
0: Excellent. I'm glad to hear that. Had a busy week in the studio. Uh,
2: uh, Yeah, actually, I did. Um, Productive and fun.
0: It's the sort of question that I always ask leading, and I realise you probably can't tell me anything about that particular process purely because it's you know you know because of who you work with and uh, and and the secrecy that goes around these various projects. Well, I can talk
2: about technical details about what I do, but that wouldn't really be appropriate to the intro segment.
0: No, you're probably right. Well, anyway, Rich, it's great to have you. And thank you very much for joining us. And we have uh, coming up there. He's nearly on camera. There we go, Mr. Mark Tinley. Uh, MarkTinley.co.uk, sound artist and hairstylist, uh, man of many talents. How are you, Mark?
3: I can't answer that on the grounds that it might incriminate the depressed. <laughs> oh dear. Not so um, great. I'm all up right ad- today. I'm better than I have been for the last week. But I have, uh, I have. Uh, I went into a massive depression. I'm sorry oh, to gosh. say, which is, I mean, you know, I know I'm open about it because I think it's useful to be open about it. Um, uh, but I've uh, I've been taking something called Go To Cola, which is like a, a herb thing, and that's picked me up a bit. So I'm 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 bouncing back next week i'll be completely manic of course but
0: <laughs> well is that is that the time that you should be uh doing most of your creative output or do you get yeah, more absolutely. creative ideas oh, on no, the down no. phase or the yeah you know, no, okay no, fair enough. i'm
3: not in morrissey world i, I can't even switch the bloody <laughs> stuff on when i get into the, the <laughs> depression phase uh, i'm no i'm more creative when i'm i'm in an up phase but um
0: well Uh, well, something to uh, look
3: forward to so and and it's usually if somebody says hey i've got a project and i want you to write something for this uh that can be quite creative Uh, i discovered uh blend i didn't know about Blend till the other day i got an email from audio bus or something and it said oh come and check us out on blend so i joined blend and then i discovered one of moby's or some of quite a lot of Moby's songs are on Blender's Ableton projects and Stems and different things. Uh, with a, uh, and you can press a button and you can download the whole thing into your Dropbox and then you can go and remix. Oh, cool. So I started remixing a Moby track, discovered that my backing was so cool that I threw all Moby's bits off. <laughs> 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 I lied, <man. laughs> uh, uh, and I kept kept the new project but i'm but um and there's loads of competitions on there to win plugins and stuff like that so it seems like quite good it seems it's sort of similar to splice but maybe it's been around longer and i missed it uh,
0: maybe yeah maybe so it, oh, it just works
3: in a really nice way actually what's, it, what's uh, it called again blend blend.io i uh
0: i think we might have talked about it in the past yeah. Well, glad. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you. Could, I'm glad you could make it, and I'm glad it's, that it was. Uh, it, it was enjoyable. I just want to interject here with a, a, a brief. Uh, we, th- you know about the live event that we're doing on the 26th of March, which Woohoo. tickets have sold out. We are aiming to stream. We've done some experiments with how to achieve that, so I'm hoping that's good. But if you wanted to get one of our limited edition T-shirts for the event, this is the uh, the one that is available to the general public. This is the. Uh, uh, shall we say uh, liqueur, th- liquor-themed uh, T-shirt? Uh, it's uh, to, to surrounding the event. If you wanted to do that, I will paste the uh, the link in the show notes and also in the chat room right now. But anyway, that's another thing. I'm hoping Mark will be coming along to perform, right, Mark?
3: I am planning to. I've, so I've written about twenty different songs, um, and. Uh, I can't I just can't decide what style I'm in because I'm 53 now so being a punk uh, is a bit kind of off and being <laughs> like hey I'm raving you know that feels a bit weird I ambient new like noodling. I should be some kind of white lead belly you know or
0: something like Oh, oh that's, a yeah. <laughs> that's a good idea That's a good idea sliding my guitar blues <laughs> Excellent that's a great so idea But I'm, sure.
3: I'm going to make it appropriate to sonic state and to make it uh, synthesized or Uh,
0: processed
3: or gnarled up in some way but um, I've been having lots of fun coming up with ideas.
0: That sounds great. Well, let's get on with some topics. Um, This is the first one and uh, it also has a German twist to it so it might well suit you. I was sitting out front of the so this hotel. is the actual demo of. Uh, well, if so you can guess, this is this one is one Mr. Uh, O-lab, uh I'm trying to remember what his name <laughs> is now. This is uh Let me fast forward it a, a bit. Board,
1: and she stopped and pulled over and got out of the car. Because he gets bored with it.
0: Basically, it's the virus I Ti. And I don't know if you spotted, but uh, Access have decided to reissue or reproduce the virus Ti Darkstar Ti2, I believe, uh, on a on a limited run. Whatever that means, so they're making it again, basically, and you can buy it. Now, this is uh, this is kind of interesting because I. I the 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 virus has been a, a, a go-to and really highly sought thought of DSP synth. In fact, you know, if you look at some of the listings for it, it's sort of vintage synth explorer that sort of thing, they say it was kind of the pinnacle of DSP synths. Now, of course, that was in two thousand and nine when it was first produced. So nowadays, it'd be interesting to see. I don't know. It's everywhere. I mean, you see a lot of serious music makers have some kind of Access Virus or Access Virus of some kind. In their studios and they still swear by it but when you listen to it now you get that some of the sounds that we heard then we'd never heard before out of a synth like that but now they're so prevalent with soft and stuff do you think there's a there's a there's a market for this there must be otherwise it wouldn't be making it hands right
1: i guess they're trying to ride the wave right
0: yeah it do you think it's the do you think dsp is the new analog then
1: <laughs> well, I, 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 we, I had this uh, conversation last week in our podcast where I was complaining Oh, we're that so
0: behind the times.
1: Yes, so behind the times. No, we were discussing uh, analog, ver- the, the misuse of the term analog by many, many manufacturers. I think it was uh, regarding Studio One 3.2, where they claim that they have analog distortion in their... DAW which they failed to say analog modeling distortion oh yes uh, that's that so they are, so it's just, i think for a newcomer it might be quite confusing and misleading uh, you know there's uh, manufacturers do not like to uh, make that really really clear and i think uh, the ti um, i mean we have, have uh, mr kemper he's more into uh, uh, his guitar uh, operation these days because we haven't seen anything new from the virus from excess for many 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 moons
0: Do you think it could be a precursor to ramping up some form of production and we might be seeing a new one coming along I after? Because uh, you know, there's no reason why not I suppose apart from if you haven't got the R&D resources
1: I guess so because it's, it would be an obvious thing because uh, they, they came out with a hardware synthesizer, okay DSP analog modeling, yes, but still in a time when uh, the the synthesizer as a hardware device was practically dead, and they uh, they were riding a wave, you know, together with the Nord leads and stuff like that, and there was and microwaves, um, so there was a a, it was a smaller market, and now where synthesizer we have you know synthesizers coming out of my ears and my shirt and everywhere you know we have the super booths uh, this month here in Berlin so it's synthesizers synthesizers everywhere and from a business point of view it just makes sense to you know to take part incidentally technology and they just need you know to spray a new uh, front panel and give it a new name and add maybe two features and off they go and have a new synthesizer I'm I'm it's strange that they haven't done it already
0: I suppose that is probably more the question. Just, just for your information, uh, Super Booth Berlin. Uh, I think it's the thirtieth to the second, second of April third of April. Uh, we will be there. We're going with the team, and I'm sure uh, I think Hans will be there at some point as well. I'm not sure I Talk to D.E. So, just put that in your diary. Um, Rich, did a virus kind of uh, did the virus make it over to the states in such a big way? I'm pretty sure there's a lot of kind of. Uh, you know, early trance musicians and you know whatever film score people I mean because there's some of the sounds that you could get straight out of it without you know all that dSP you could get a lot of stuff going on in the uh, in the original t i engine
2: well, I believe they were popular, but I couldn't say exactly how popular because I didn't tend to operate in that sort of area that you are describing yeah. so I don't really know what those guys were using, but I do remember it being very fondly thought of that it sounded great the sounds that this thing Made in the demos were very familiar, um, and uh, as Hans said, why not?
0: Yeah, I suppose. Uh, just a quick recap of that. Actually, the uh, we're a maximum of 192 parallel effects, which I guess you might need in some weird world somewhere and you could be imagine actually programming 192 effects yeah. for a patch, that's gonna uh, two independent multi-mode filters analog filter models, I mean it's all about the modelling but their modelling was considered to be amongst the finest at the time and I may be, you know, and also the, the TI has another interesting thing which is the uh, USB integration which allows you to stream in and out individual voices, multiple outputs I'm curious to know as to how that driver has been uh, updated because that's going to be the key, if that driver still happens and uh, without wishing to garner a rant on the subjects of drivers, out uh, of you, Mark, have you uh, have you uh, enjoyed the virus sound at all? Me, mm.
3: I had a free virus sound, I seem to remember, and I think it was around the time I bought Pro Tools Five. I'm almost certain that the virus was a TDM, wasn't it, at some point? I think maybe so. Before, there was a- maybe before it became hardware, or around the time that the very early hardware but maybe, I, actually yeah. i think uh, all of
0: that hard- as a digital way, after the hardware it was right, after,
3: maybe. was it i think as a digital synth all of their all of their synths sound really good um i don't know why that is um maybe i mean i th- i also think but i also think the nord sound really good it's got to be the motorola chip hasn't it has it got a motorola chip in it yeah. this thing, fifty
1: six thousand, mark yeah.
3: yeah right well anything that uses that always sounds really good and and sounds way better than a uh, kind of faking floating point in a- PC, I think, or in a math. That's
0: interesting. Do you think it's math based Do you think there's an issue with no, so we're gonna no. be getting into the vintage the old school mathematics? It sounds better than the precise mathematics. That's I an interesting know. concept.
1: Oh no, I this, don't. this could be I mean, something I, that would go viral on the internet, man.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: you
3: know? Yeah, but they <laughs> do oh, though, don't, don't I, I mean it might
1: the six fifty six thousand versus the spark DSP versus I think the Pentium, that the Pentium four. That sounded really, really great. <laughs> no, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh,
0: With the one voice say, it could manage. Yeah.
3: So Hans, you said something about Kemper there, and are yeah. you saying that the guy that designed this is now designing the Kemper amps?
0: Absolutely. It's the same company. Yes, is it? Same company. I didn't same know guy. that. You
3: see, and it's all been to one talk guy to this man. Sorry, I've got uh, this idea, and my <laughs> idea is to make a profiling synthesizer. <laughs> And the way you would do that is you would sample a sound and then you would unveil it and take all the reverb off and then you would do some kind of solemnity kind of, you know, like the DNA pitch. It would pull all the different pitches out and work out what the sound was made up of pitch-wise. And then it would start to analyse those and and to make... Uh, it, it would reverse-convolute the reverb, it would reverse-convolute whatever's going on with the pitches, and then it would work out what it thought the best way to create the, the you know, like, resynthesis oh, the architecture. partials yeah. was, and it would make, like, a whole load of resynthesis partials, and then and then that means you could... And, and, and everyone's going, like, why would you do that? Because you could just sample it, right? But you can't start pulling the sound around elastically and messing around with all the harmonics elastically in time, like granular, if you could pull different parts of the, you know, like kind of comb filter, but like comb stretch different aspects hmm. of the sound and then make the sound like really malleable. I think I think there's something to be... To be done here, and like so, you could take the sound of a violin, and then you could start like you know messing with. You could find the bridge tone in there and start messing with the bridge tone, or you could almost make it sound like the you know you were bowing further or closer to the bridge or whatever by doing some clever so modeling. using the
0: modeller. I see what I see what you're saying. I mean, I intelligent guessing. Yeah, got I'm the guessing intelligence
3: so. to create synthesis I... sounds that sound like real things. So we just put all that intelligence in a computer, get it to analyze it, and then get it to like recreate in the same way I'd sit down and program a synth. I'm sort of waiting idea. for that synth to happen.
0: <laughs> I don't know, um, non no, Eric. No, do you think that's a lot? I mean. You... The Kemper stuff has been, I mean, the the, the modeling amplifier and the modeling technology was really cutting edge at the time. It's been around for a while. I don't know how much tweaking they've done to the basic maths of that. Do you think they're cooking something up?
1: I think, uh, I mean, first we need to understand what the Kemper actually does. I mean, Christopher was here when he was, um, uh, before the the Kemper amp was released, and I I asked him, can I have a part of the company? I would like to invest because it was the best sounding, best sounding ampli- uh, guitar amp simulation or profiler I've ever heard before. Because it, what it does is, that the, I mean, we can get any, get out any plugin now, any guitar plugin, and it will sound okay or great on one sound but the problem is the dynamics and what they're doing is actually i think the guitar sound uh, mark is a a lot less complex than the synthesizer sound i'm sure it is and the magic is that most of the sound comes from the from the amp and the cabinet and the loudspeakers and blah 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 and what he's been able to do is to actually capture all the dynamics and, and that's why it's such a convincing guitar amplification
0: Ah, okay, I got you. Yeah.
1: And I, I guess it will be very, very... It but should be possible, but I think uh, the guitar is only a fraction comp- as complex as a good synthesizer sound, and it will be probably, right now, too hard to do it.
0: Well, uh, that's interesting. But I have no idea. Well, one thing that's... That, that, I mean, because we did an interview with... Um, Mr. Eric Persing uh, from Spectrasonics, and he was saying the thing that's very exciting is, you know, they've got all these great ideas for really interesting new synthesis techniques and all of this resynthesis. They're just waiting for the processors to be able to give you more than one voice, you know, because even though, you know, if you could use... So, you know, if we end up with masses of processing where the encoders can be kind of, well, effectively lazy, but rapidly developed, so they're going, listen to this, it's amazing, yeah, it uses... Four of what? my eight cores, or whatever, you know. So I suppose there's there's the advance in CPU that needs to be but made as well.
1: New sounds, Nick.
0: Well, yeah, that's a good You're question. Rich,
1: I mean, we're we living off the cliches, right?
0: The <laughs> we are, need we know? need the old sounds emulated better.
1: Oh, <laughs> no, no, no. we I so was don't. a joke.
0: No, okay, fair enough. Well, there you go. You can pre-order it now. I think it's a couple of thousand, two and a half thousand euros, something like that. So I guess by the time it gets to the US, it's going to be a little bit more pricey. It always has been, though, because of the import. I don't know if, uh, if but you can order it now. I'm not sure when it's going to be quite available. There is a buy button on it. I was a bit uh, hesitant to press that buy button. Let me see. <laughs> you- if I press the buy button, what happens? I own
1: virus B. There goes your credit card. <clears throat>
0: 2,350 euros. There we go.
1: Quite pricey premium it's quite expensive yeah, yeah. It'll
0: work, but it always has been i mean it always has been it's never not been a premium instrument you know it's always been at the, the upper end but anyway you can go to it if you want now what have i done i've just damn i've just froze it's just crashed my browser no there we go that's all right is this Sorted. for
3: the t1 the one with the wooden sheet?
0: uh no this is for the dark star uh ti i guess it's ti2 oops that's me oh ti2, TI2. Oh, i think it's the TI2. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, let's have a wait. Well, we'll break there, and and uh, we'll 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 just hear a word from our sponsor. And then we can come back with a competition coming right back.
4: Sounding tracks with the critically acclaimed mastering tools in Ozone and Ozone Advanced. Now, the latest Isotope innovations in Ozone Seven bring modern and vintage processing to the forefront of the music production experience. Updated for Ozone 7, Ozone's highly regarded Maximizer features a brand new frequency specific IRC4 algorithm that delivers transparent mixes with less pumping and distortion. Use it to smooth out an unwieldy mix or tame the kick drum peaks without affecting the vocals. The Dynamic EQ. Now, in both the advanced and standard versions of Ozone, lives and breathes with your audio, giving you more effective control over your sound without coloring your entire mix. Harness the precision of an equalizer and the musical ballistics of a compressor in one integrated processor. For Ozone 7, Vintage-inspired processing puts nostalgic tone at your fingertips to bring the creative color and character of analog hardware to your digital recordings. Glue your mix together and bring a natural feel to harsh-sounding recordings with the Vintage limiter. Vintage tape adds the dimension, warmth, and depth of tape saturation to your masters for a timeless sound that suits your creative vision.
0: Indeed, it does. That's the Isotope Ozone 7, uh, the kind of pretty much de facto mastering plug in and bus uh, processing. Really, really useful. And if you didn't know, uh, we ran a competition. We run a competition weekly. Thank you very much to Isotope for their continued sponsorship of the show. Uh, if you want to check out Ozone 7, uh, isotope.com forward slash ozone uh, will get you access to the free demo. Um, but we asked you last week to tweet the hashtag essential audio tools and Ozone 7 to at Sonic State and at And we have a winner for last week's competition. The winner is a chap called, or a chapess, I'm not sure, called uh, R. Underscore officina o f i c i n a on Twitter that's our Twitter handle r officina if you want to get in touch you will have one ozone seven and the isotope fairy will uh, give you your copy as soon as you let me know what your email address is and of course we do have another competition this week uh, this week we're asking you to tweet the hashtag fine audio control all one word no spaces and the hashtag ozone seven to at sonic state and at isotope inc and uh, we will pick a winner from the uh, competition entries this week. Uh, you have to do it on Twitter. Um, that is one of the things. Uh, the other thing that you need to do is um, there's 140 characters. Use them up. Let's see. Uh, post a picture. Do something. You know, because I know that Isotope do see all of the tweets, and we certainly look at all of them as well. So remember to. We want to enter the competition to win Ozone Seven. The hashtag Fine Audio Control and the hashtag Ozone Seven to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. Thank you very much. Right. Um, Oh, this is just this is an interesting concept. So, did you see this? This um, somebody put a, a, a mint Tr eight hundred eight on eBay for ten thousand UK pounds uh, <laughs> boxed. I mean, the, when you look at the image, I mean, it is a, a super. Uh, that's the box, isn't it? That's actually. The, I'm sure there were some other images there that was. I think they may have been removed. Ah, uh, here we go. So there, you know, it is pretty pristine. I'd say that's concourse, if not showroom condition, factory condition. Look, not even thumb the manuals. I mean, quite a find, I don't know whether it ever got there because uh, apparently uh, this listed was ended by the seller because there was an error in the listing. I mean, it's hard to imagine any piece of technology like that, apart from maybe, you know, CS80 or Profit 10 or something worth that much. I know, Rich. I mean, do you think music, I I know uh, it's not necessarily the instrument that that looks like purely investment driven, not the kind of notion that you would go, this is a a beautiful instrument. It's more like, look how brilliant, you know, this is so rare. It's to do with rarity rather than musical value, perhaps, right?
2: Indeed. Much like one would never have believed in the early 70s that the $650 less Paul they just bought would be worth over $150,000 some years hence. Yeah, As much as, on a personal level, the notion of spending $17,000 or whatever it actually boils down to, to buy a brand new TR-808 seems, on some level, ridiculous. From a collector's point of view, and from the point of view of people who have enough money that they don't have to count it. Um, Yeah, that's not a bad investment because it's a very good chance that fifty years from now that thing's gonna be worth a pile more than that.
0: Yep, I suppose that's true. I mean it would be a question of just hanging on to it and keeping it in the box and putting it in a sealed vault and doing all of those things, I suppose.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well uh, it's not you don't buy it to use it. It's like no, the Lamborghini no. in the garage with the cover on it.
0: Yeah, I suppose it's, so.
2: It's I bought a microphone because we have a microphone that's like that. It should just shouldn't be on a stand every day it's right. it's too old it's too valuable it doesn't i don't need to use that microphone so uh i i believe certain things take on that buy i mean there's a thousand ways to skin the TR-808 cat if you need to as a music production issue anyway so yeah. having one is all romantic and wonderful and everything but i suspect the person who buys this thing shouldn't use it unless unless you've really got that much money and you really don't care but to me, it's it's a bit. It's gonna achieve Mona Lisa status on some level at some point.
0: That's interesting. The the, the chat room is kind of split on it. But uh, Creation Matrix says, if I had millions, I wouldn't uh, think I wouldn't think twice. If I'm honest, but a lovely thing to have. Uh, triple Triple J J J. Oh no! Please don't let music technology become Star Wars toys of the future. That's an interesting concept. What's that we've got here? A rock? Oh yeah, baby! Is <laughs> that be- the woman? Yeah. Is that oh, the one with
1: the chorus? Euro, original rock man.
0: <laughs> Let's look at the top surface. It's got. Um, oh, I remember those. <laughs> they were actually serious wow. tools, weren't they? Ser- they were. They were considered serious DI guitar tools for that chorus Strat it's sound. First, that was ever, it. I think. Is that serial number come one as, a well? Head
3: to, as well? Headset as well. Yeah, I, it I think.
0: I, I think you might be right. So does that mean? Uh, um, no, no, Eric, that you are uh, – that's just one of your many collections – the, the only one you had to hand from your huge vault full of vintage unsullied synthesizers that you're keeping for your dotage, right?
1: No, no, I'm, I have very uh, – I have no sympathy for, for, for the collector idea in many ways. This is actually something I used myself <laughs> Ah. and it's still around, you know, that's it. I mean, I've sold a lot of, lot of stuff. And uh, funny, this somehow this survived. I don't know why I used it. And it,
0: is it ba- was it battery powered or did it have some have yeah, mains battery, as
1: well? Better and is and uh, both. Uh, all right.
0: So uh, I'm wondering what kind of records you were making with the Rocktron. It had a really <laughs> ghastly overdrive circuit, if I remember correctly. But it was it was the fact that it was just sort of wow. This is just astonishing that you can make that sound out of that little thing. I suppose. But Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Wow!
1: Before the yeah. days of modeling,
0: yeah, transistor. Yeah, it had a chorus. Did it have a delay as well? I can't remember. Let me just
1: yeah. check. Put on the glasses. <laughs> yeah. Rich
0: look. is rich is noddy. rich nose. Yes. Rich works for a guy who plays a Stratocaster in a disco style. I'm guessing you probably. Let me tell you, is that the secret of Nile Sound? <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, hardly. No, but doesn't... he did. Ha- he had one somewhere at some point. I'm
0: sure. Yeah, right? I'm sure.
1: And here so, it is. It's God. Chorus, echo on and off, chorus on and off. That's all, and three sounds: distortion, edge, and clean one and clean two. So four sounds. Wow, great!
0: And it was really expensive. I seem to remember, wasn't it? As well, it wasn't a cheap item.
1: Uh, no,
0: no. Ah. A few hundred. Well, I mean, maybe few, a couple yeah, but...
1: three
2: hundred, as they say here. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Hmm. I don't know. I don't know. Well, well so Mark, what do you think? Would, would would that be a sort of thing that you'd like to have lying around just for posterity or for your, you know? For, well, I've got for so your much
3: crap lying around for posterity that I think, no, actually. <laughs>
0: Even if it I, was... I've got p-
3: this horrible kind of collector's mentality. I mean, I can't show it to you because it's in a rack down there, but I've got a Powertran MCS-1 from like 1983 or 1984, which is a sampler, which can sample one note and it will play it back via MIDI or CV gate. And it sounds truly horrendous, and it's probably worth more than I paid for it now. And I don't know. I would need a very big house to start collecting things, I think, because I... okay. And then I'd forget I'd got it (laughs) (laughs) because the other problem is I keep these things and then I'm digging around in boxes and I pull things out and go, oh, my God, I've still got that. Oh, my God, what am I going to do with that? And and then I put it back in the box. I might have a nostalgic moment and look on eBay and buy another one of whatever it is as well and end up with two sometimes. I did (sighs) buy a four-track cassette recorder the other day, though i got a oh, really like nice that. Yamaha nice. four-track cassette recorder that will play back fast and slow. Um, and it's everything got in between. Audio <laughs> outputs, so I can use it to transcribe all of my old stuff from the 1980s. All oh, uh, right, cool. Yeah. Hey, maybe that's I useful. could... Maybe I could... Wh- that would be a twist, wouldn't it? Um, for the gig on the 26th, maybe use I could have track. the backing track on
0: cassette. <laughs> wow, now that's something. <laughs> Oh, I can see he's... Hans seems. Non-Eric seems to have. Is that what is that there? Is that a Commodore or an Atari? I can't tell. It's my
1: first computer.
0: You still have it from
1: Sir Clive
0: Sinclair.
1: Yes.
0: Oh my lord! That's a
1: Spectrum 48K. Wow. In a special housing, and this is my first computer.
0: You still have it. is that because you like to go back and work on all of those things just in case you like to have backwards compatibility with everything you've ever done (laughs) or are you still working on some of the tunes you started on it (laughs) wow
3: i had one of them i had a sampler on mine i made the the sampler on vero board and had it plugged in the back and i used to sequence it off an mc202 and different Drums, different drum samples were on different key ranges and it was all a bit vague, actually. <laughs> uh, but if I, wanted a, if I wanted a kick with a hi-hat, I had to sample a kick with the hi-hat on top of it. And if I oh, wanted yeah, a yeah. hi-hat on the... So I had to kind of think about how my pattern was going to go because it was only monophonic. Uh, and, and you'd have to... Oh, God, it was a nightmare. You had to really think about balances and everything before you started and try and g- pre-guess where you were going to end up.
0: Um, well there were kids today eh they just I, don't I, know I, what they what they, they they don't know I I no, I, I hesitate I, to use know. that right well anyway so you 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 can't I don't know whether the 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 808 sold or whether or not it literally was just you put it up and then maybe it seemed to kind of cause quite a lot of uproar. But it's an interesting idea. I suppose the idea of collectible electronics. I mean, this comes back to the same thing. Cause you might buy it now and you never use it. And then you come to sell it for 20 grand in 20 years time. Switch it on. It doesn't work anymore because the electronics yeah. have aged so much that it's only cosmetic. Or does, does that matter? Yeah, but microphones, which
1: well, so. uh, will probably agree, microphones are a great thing. Uh, f- as an investment, I bought a U um, Neumann U87 uh, AI for 1500 mark, which was 750 euro, and I think I would get more now.
0: Yeah, well, I yeah, guess that's would. the thing. Are there? I mean, that's interesting. I mean, you you're in Berlin. Are there still kind of little pockets of kind of places where these things can be found in kind of people's cupboards who haven't really kind of uh, um, realized they're uh, worth? A friend of
1: mine found two U forty seven in his really? somewhere in his closet. And uh he he's yeah, yeah, he had them refurbished and sold for a couple of thousand euros. Yes. But that is already ten years or ten years ago. I think this is the times are over.
0: Yeah, all, I think. They you're have probably all,
1: right. been <laughs> all been Fine found.
0: All been found. Um okay. Well, there, here's another thing that's uh, this is the uh, in celebration of the um Blue Monday is quite an interesting one. I'll play a little bit of it. I hope it's going to play. This is... Um, I actually haven't been able to find anything about this. this. Is orchestra obsolete. And they've done a kind of 1930s uh, style um, cover using some very unusual instruments. Seems very quiet. I think I'll turn that up. It's actually quite... That's a dulcimer, I believe. Double bass. Uh, A tune dulcimer by the sound of it. That looks like a pedal organ. I probably shouldn't play all of this because, uh, bizarrely, I think YouTube have been tweaking their uh, copyright algorithms and uh, things that we've published years ago are suddenly getting kind of copyright notice. In fact, we had a video pulled the other day um, because it had a bit of Genesis on it, and it's gone. You know, they wouldn't let us keep it. It was sort of, like bizarre. Anyway, but that so that's Orchestra Absolute, Blue Monday, of course, New Order's classic. It stands up. I don't know if you. Um, well, I won't go to you, has because you probably haven't had a chance to hear this. But did anyone else get a chance to hear this, uh, Rich? Yes. Did you? Did, I, I thought it was quite funky. Actually, it's like you know, definitely the 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 quality of the melody and the parts shone through. A great arrangement, <laughs> but it was very true to the original. I I liked it. What did you think?
2: As somebody who's not even remotely familiar with the original i found it quite enjoyable and for me now that is the definitive version
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's quite a funny concept brilliant that because uh, the original blue monday was kind of the first ever 12 inch smash a dance edit yeah. smash i believe in uh, 1983 with
2: it. I, but but yeah, i, really I mean, enjoyed it, this it was a lot of fun
0: it was i, I, I honestly i cannot find anything it, when it says in the notes the mysterious orchestra obsolete they're not kidding. There is no information about these people anywhere, so I don't know who they are or They're anything. It's completely random. Program. Completely, yeah. Where well, yeah. are? Um, what do you think, Mark? You enjoy this. It's quite a nice. It's um, like an acoustic version of. I dance don't know music. what
3: they've done to it. I see I, that that record is absolutely. It, it is the definitive kind of switch, especially for me, from punk to oh, I'm going electronic, because I was. I was punk and I got in this goth band and I was like all kind of black spiky Mohicans and no eyebrows and shitloads of makeup. And uh, and I used to go to a, uh, a club called Astral Flight, I think. It was in Leicester Square in London. And they used to play that. This was like 1982 or 1983, I think. And the kick drum on the big PA is just like that kick drum is the kick drum to aspire to, I think. And I'm, I'm, I'm in two minds always as to whether it's really a Lin or a overhind oh, DMX. And, it, and It's a DMX, it could,
1: yeah. I don't know, ah, though.
3: Okay. I don't know, though, because... Oh, it is. I know. Or it ah. might be a Simmons SDX, or maybe the Simmons SDX st- uh, sampled the DMX. But anyway, yeah, okay, I'll go with uh, it's a DMX. Uh, the I have I
1: information, Mark. It's a DMX ah, system. Definitely it's, it's DMX, uh, okay. Yeah, because, But anyway... Uh, so yeah,
3: oh, sorry. Didn't want so to interrupt you. You can... Uh, well, I was just going to say that it's a bit too dum 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 rolling rolling yeah, rolling. Jonathan Richmond, kind of. Yeah. It's like, what are they doing? It's because it's so straight on the original that it kind of feels a bit weird to me that it's doing that. Yeah. Um, but I love that they've almost matched the instruments, and it's like this kind of kind of like you know surreal twist on it i like
0: that i like the use they use the uh, the, the musical saw for the uh, for some of the lines Don't which you is think great the
3: singer sounds remarkably similar though maybe it's the um, because they're all in masks aren't they What yeah, if it's maybe. really new order
0: ah, there's a thought it doesn't look like bernard
3: well maybe so, he's-
0: it's a great idea, though. I mean, I'm sure this is something that we see, you know, we see lots of acoustic unplugged kind of versions of various songs and something that, you know, and the, what's great about them is for the good songs, you just go, what a great song. And that's one of those. Even though it's yeah, really yeah. A, mostly an instrumental, you know, really, that's where all the melody lies. But you know it's a, so you know it's a DMX, right?
1: Yeah, because yeah, it's totally a friend small. Uh, he, he um he worked with them and they had this. D, uh, they, do you guys remember the Oberheim system? It was a sequencer, yes. drum yes. machine, yeah, and the OBX. OB-8. OB-8, OB8. OB8. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a friend of mine, he uh, he worked with them, and when they came to Berlin, he uh, lent them his system because he had a duplicate system, and they did the whole track on that uh, on that system. There it is, right on there. This one, yeah. yeah. Pre-MIDI.
2: Pointer Sisters' wow.
3: record was done on that thing too. Yeah, because it's tight as well, isn't it? Yeah. It's not that ah. sloppy early midi timing. It's like dead
0: tight. Oh, ah, okay. So uh, most of the stuff, the, the, at least the... the you know, the, the basic kind of rhythm track of that is the, uh, the uh, Oberheim system. Is that what you're saying, Hans? Yes, I am. Ah, okay. Mm. But then I guess you'd have to do that with... You have to say you have to do that with one pass and then the overdubs for the floaty lines is fine, but you can't then... Could, could that be synced? Wasn't that so a power you,
3: trans-, you, trans
0: could you lay it, to, you lay it think, to tape and then add something else? I think F S K
3: tone.
0: FSK tone, right. Oh god. <laughs> so right from I the beginning so. of the song each time. Yeah. yeah. Well, I know.
2: That's how we that's how we pushed rocks uphill back then.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know um, regarding
2: this regarding this uh sort of acoustic version of the song uh it reminds me to some extent of the country band version of Van Halen's jump that David Lee Roth recorded that is uh of a similar kind of interpretive value
0: Ah it's I don't know that one, one but That no, <laughs> me just fine I'm just going to grab something I mean, there's else There's been
1: here. so much tribute stuff going on recently as, as I already told you before the show um, I was at a, at a David Bowie Bowie, Bowie Bowie tribute? Either is fine. And, and, and after that I, I researched it and I, I must have um, listened to a, at least 50 different uh, interpretation of David Bowie songs and uh, realizing God, this is Terribly difficult to sing because <laughs> only a few managed to actually, you know, uh, make that happen. And, and I found out that the problem is whenever there's you're on a certain harmony, and before the vocal starts, he always does this kind of strange twist in the harmonies, bef- and then that's always so misleading.
0: Rich is a Well that's it. it's it's the nature of it's the nature of uh good songwriting, I suppose. Rich.
2: Well, there's a really terrific video by Rick Wakeman of all people, uh who played on uh some of the early hunky dory and perhaps uh, even spiders, I'm not sure. Um and he talks about exactly what Hans is saying and gives some really clear illustrations on the piano of where he would come to the end of a section and you expect him to go here, but instead he goes there and he would show you about what there is and comes to the end of that section and you think he's going right back to there, but no, he goes someplace else, you know, and and it's all just become what we've become accustomed to listening to. But when you look at it from a songwriting perspective, it's really unique and very creative and fascinating.
0: Well, I think that's that that that's the nature of having somebody who's got a, a different take on the way that things all, all work. I mean, we did talk quite extensively about the Bowie stuff. I of course we we should mention actually while we're on the subject of uh the deceased I suppose um that George Martin passed. I think it was yesterday or certainly in the very not not uh, distant past uh 90 of course the man behind uh a lot well I think I heard on the radio today he made over 700 records. Which is a wow. pretty damn good, uh, a, a good going. I don't know what I mean. If you played them end to end, that would be a considerable amount. So I mean, you know, some of the stuff that he did was astonishing, and a very, by all accounts, a very charming man as well. I never had the opportunity to, um, 1. to be 5 in the same
1: months. Sp- One point five months approximately per album. Ninety oh, years a- old, seven hundred records divided by.
0: Wow! Really. Well, they're not all albums, though, I suppose, are they? Because he did a lot of novelty uh, okay, records okay, right. as yeah. well, um, which he. He's
1: one of the fifth Beatles.
0: That's right. One that's one of the, the thing many that's fifth the,
1: Beatles. There's yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. quite a lot of them, isn't there? There were those. Uh, Epstein was considered to be one, wasn't he? And was it Epstein or not Epstein? Um, oh, the, okay. one of the. Yeah, Brian anyway. Epstein
2: was the manager, and he's yeah, yeah, yep, he was gone.
0: considered to be Billy and, Preston,
2: was occasionally referred to,
0: that's right. And if you uh, believe and,
2: Bernard and, Purdy, he was, um, and yeah, but the truth, Bernard, is... The,
0: the shy, retiring, uh, non self publicizing Bernard Purdy, who is exactly. an awesome drummer, but uh, but the truth is, George Martin had a
2: significant influence on the way records have come to be made ever since, both conceptually and in the practice. Well, he had some very good engineers around who contributed to it as well. So it's not all on his shoulders. But between his enormous musical contributions, he used to write orchestrations and things. He wrote the uh, string quartet that uh, basically runs Eleanor Rigby. Um, He's just, he was a brilliant person to have chanced upon those four guys.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
2: In particular. And he's also had a wonderful career uh, outside of that. But most of my exposure to George Martin is through my experience of Beatle records. And I still remember, like it was yesterday, the first time somebody put on Sergeant Pepper's for me, and I just couldn't believe what I was hearing. It had been nothing like it. It just took everything you'd heard before and took it to a completely different level. And uh, he had significant amounts to do with that, along with his creative approach to those very interesting and amazing four guys.
0: Absolutely. And not only that, I mean I didn't know this. I mean I knew about Air Studios which he was one of the founders of, but also Montserrat as well which was uh, one of the first kind of luxury kind of ideas where you would create a studio in a in a kind of paradise and people would go there. And that was and he did a lot for the the citizens of Montserrat which is a very small island. I think subsequently there was a big volcanic eruption wasn't there several years ago which I think kind of put paid to a lot of that. But a very uh very cool um, I, does anyone do, there, there are a couple of topics left i 'm going to canvas opinions because uh we can uh, we can do either one there's the marble machine or the uh, uh electromagnetic mics
3: marble machine
0: marble machine all right that 's easy enough uh let me see let me find where that button is i 'm pretty sure I had a button for it. oh I do, and here it is. this is mind blowing actually. This is the work of, um, let me just roll up here, I'm going to hit yes, Wintergarten, Swedish Music Collective, all built by this guy and the team, and it's just absolutely mind-boggling, it's so completely pointless, but yet so completely fascinating, that it's hard not to be in total awe. Okay, here we go. So this is an entire piece, a piece in its entirety. It's got, uh, obviously, the the Glock. And the uh, there's a bass guitar there, and also drums, as we can hear then. But what's really fascinating about this not only is the music, but also there's a whole bunch of making-of videos of how he built this thing, or they built this thing. And that is really fascinating. There we go, he's playing the bass now. I won't play anymore. I mean, I'm probably busted anyway in that, but... What I mean, this thing went absolutely massive. You got coverage absolutely everywhere. Uh, Wintergarten are selling albums and making stuff, but this uh, I think has probably gone the biggest I've ever seen anything like this go. Did did you, you must have seen this as well, Hans. I mean, I can't imagine it. it Yeah, very good. Good marketing, you mean?
1: (laughs) Good marketing idea. Yeah, yeah.
0: I wonder what it was, how many what you what he sold on that i did try and look to see whether there was stuff you could buy in the store but there's not actually all that much i think you can buy the uh, vinyl you can buy a cd and you can buy a bag uh, and well, you, you know read- various markets. i suppose there's yeah t-shirts and stuff i mean i guess given the millions and millions of people that would have seen that there's got to be you know a decent amount of revenue but it must have taken such a long time and you Maybe have to it's think, just the
1: 3d rendering its v- vfx
0: you think so (laughs) there's a concept would it be quicker there's a question would it be quicker to make that in cgi that looked like you made it or to make it i know what do you think mark (laughs) that's an interesting question (laughs) um great idea though it's really i mean i did
3: complete gina found it a few days ago um I think before you sent it to me. In fact, I think I sent it to you, but I guess you probably picked it up somewhere else anyway. Um, I I watched it and I was thinking, this is interesting when he was winding the handle and all the marbles were coming down and it was playing all the different things and the drums started playing. I thought, oh, that's clever. It's playing the drums. When the bass came in, I thought, oh, it's got other instruments laid on top of it. But well, then when I realized he was actually playing the bass, that was the point where my mind started to unravel and i was just like oh my god i mean oh my god he's actually playing that and then i thought he spent like whatever it was 14 months or 18 months making this thing but he can only play one song with it so well
0: only for the bit it can be reprogrammed
3: no, it can be reprogrammed. Okay. Yeah, because so what the way if you'd to... have to cut out loads of different wheels and then
0: no, no, no. Uh, th- th- and this is what's clever. Basically, there are belts that come along. And they've got five or six uh, lanes in them, and you put pegs in. So the timing is uh, this okay, motion, and the just... notes are this motion. There's a there's a base, and that there. Are, I think there are two or three belts, and that's the thing that's really clever. But if you watch after the video, oh, if you watch it on YouTube, insane. it basically comes through to here's what I did here. It he, he goes to, and it's really the whole thing is really, really fascinating how it's like. Okay, and here's how I made this bit, and then this was a problem I was trying to solve. And you just think, wow, that's just really inventive. And that's the thing I really enjoyed about it. I know, um, Rich, because you saw who was the guy. Was it the Pat Metheny thing? Or who was the, There's a guy. Yes, yeah, that does okay, the same. Has done a, a, a similar thing.
2: Um, no, not really. Uh, this is more like this is a purely mechanical musical instrument, hand cranked uh metheny's thing was tr- hydraulic triggers from musical data input there was a whole oh, different right. set of
0: okay Actuators yeah
2: involved in that and he had a you know, whole marimbas playing and things and fake cellos and shit but um <laughs> this guy i love this i just love the passion that would have to drive somebody to want to do this and it works and sounds great it must have taken forever to do it's remarkable i actually watched not only the video that came along with the original link but the how how they made the thing video it was i'm fascinated by this and it all i mean the
0: exactly the technology behind it it, it, it is quite simple you know it's like glue and tape and a router (laughs) and stuff you know and that's what i really liked sorry you were just coming in there Hans
1: no i think we can learn a lot about this because it's how you can draw attention to your music, yeah. maybe you know, maybe you know, trying to do a nice sleek video, you know, like uh, girls in a bikini on a swimming pool and the fast cars and this sort of thing would probably not uh, create that kind of viral marketing for you as an artist. So this is probably um, a good showcase how you should proceed if you're on upcoming. Aspiring artists, and you, you want some traction. <laughs> you want some views. You know, you need to have something that goes viral like this one. And uh, yeah, I, th- I mean, let's. Well, I it. suppose I
0: mean- yeah. I, okay, Go did it, didn't they? So, so and yeah, they did
1: it, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they did. Well, he that's did. really interesting. No, that is really interesting because I mean, I guess you know, with the up, you know, if you take that that as a as a as a as a kind of thesis, if you like, you say, well, you know, in terms of hip hop and R and B, it was just the extreme sexualization was the kind of extreme nature of the marketing so you go god have you seen that video it was this that or the other whereas this is very extreme but in a completely different direction so it's kind of I suppose it's kind of exploring the extremities of of our normal everyday stuff and this very much does that because everybody is just so amazed that somebody would go to those lengths and, and and make that so I suppose that 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 that's quite an interesting concept in terms of, so of is, the market. So is it
1: is it attractive to you guys because it's so passionate to you because you believe? Oh, it must have been so much work going in there. So it's obviously not oh. music that you're fascinated by. You're not, most likely not mm, even no. fascinated. No. Not even fascinated by the instrument and the construction. But you're mostly, I think, um, fascinated. By the passion and the the, the the conviction of the person who does it, isn't it? No?
0: Maybe so. I'm. Oh, Mike's. Uh, Rich, you're, Rich, you're, you're muted.
2: Mute. He's muted. Both, yeah. both of the last two ideas the instrument and the passion that brings it about. Yeah. But I'm mostly interested in things that operate under gravitational principles primarily <laughs> and the fact that you can affect timing using gravity and that actually reminds me there's an music video that's very much like this where balls drop yeah yeah
0: yeah i've seen that and, one that's uh, right
2: here to be making all that music and the fact is he just decided to go for it in physical make reality. it yeah, yeah. so the fact that you're relying on you know uh, the mass of the objects and the speed of the acceleration and the distances involved to get the timings right, and uh, it's it's just I it's all of it. It's the design, it's the implementation, and it's the passion that drives all of that that interests me. No, the music is actually secondary to me in this case. <laughs> the fact that it yeah. makes music sure. at all is cool to me.
0: Yeah, I I think for me it was just sort of like, it's the inventiveness of seeing how he solves it. And I'm just thinking, if he's using gravity all the time, I guess he lets it drop, he lets it... How does tempo make any difference? Because the time it takes for the ball to drop is the same, but the time it takes for the ball to get to the bit where it drops slows down. And Oh, wow, that's a bit of a head... head, uh, Yeah, I don't know how that... Because he does, he lets it... Let's it go at the end and it slows down but but
2: the thing mm. that actuates the part that releases the balls in oh, timing must be doing the time right. the wheel basically with a with a thing on it with a basically and you know right a nipple if you'll pardon the expression on it yes um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's latency so that,
3: isn't it the, the height that the, the height is drops, just the latency, latency. But ah, here's yeah, the thing yeah. that it reminds me of. <laughs> is, is anybody familiar with Caractacus pots on Chitty Chitty? Bank? Yes,
0: I certainly so am. So when
3: he's husherby mountinging the bread or what is, whatever it is, you know, like when he makes the breakfast in the morning and the, the eggs are going across and the toast and all that different and he's got all those machines for making the children's breakfast, it reminds me of that.
0: Um, yes, uh, which so, is the Heath Robinson kind of well, uh, thing, isn't it?
3: Yeah, James exactly. Taylor once toured with this
2: enormous wooden contraption that he referred to as his analog drum machine, and it worked on sort of similar s- principles. He didn't use metal <laughs> balls falling into things he used, he, but it was still a geared motion machine and, you know, things clapping together and such, and it actually played a rhythm that he performed to, and it's this huge ah, yes, I remember you talking mechanical about that. device. How many trucks did it go in? <laughs> I yeah, did, I don't know. Well, I wondered that yeah. about Metheny's Orchestrion. and
4: then I well, be- I mean, it's oh. not only that, but well, you, yeah. you think
0: about you think about touring it. I mean, we all we've all we all know how uh, how some uh, vintage synthesizers don't like being moved and require an awful lot of work. Imagine moving something like that, and then trying to make sure it works at the performance you've got at seven o'clock that evening that you haven't quite and you've run Your out of rivets.
3: Your crew would be skewed, wouldn't it? Instead of having like 10 techs and a couple of carpenters, you'd have a couple of techs and like 10 carpenters, wouldn't it? (laughs) And they'd all be standing around scratching their heads.
0: Yeah, on standby. I
2: wonder about touring the Orchestrion machine, because when I looked at the videos of the European tour, I think he brought a a slightly cut-down version of what he toured the Northeastern United States with, but apparently every night you'd get there set it up and have to repair some percentage of the thing or you know make changes so that you weren't using the bits that didn't work that day
0: wow wow okay well i think that's probably a good time to stop thank you very much for joining us i'd just like to plug our t-shirts again if you can't make the vet the gig or you'd like to go uh these are the ones that are available to uh um, the general public, we do have a different colour, which is also. alternative I might put that link in the show notes as well, this is grey one. I'll put the link in the chat room now, just because I can. Uh, Tell they. Me now, we um, don't, how we don't child
3: friendly is it going to be? Is it child- a child- licensed a- venue? Can I bring a child or not bring a yeah, child? Yeah, it's a
0: licensed venue. I'm not. I'm not going to bring one, and it's all. It, it is licensed. Yeah.
3: Do I need? So do I need? I uh, maybe I need to get a babysitter then. I just need okay. to prethink this.
0: Okay. Well uh we can talk about the logistics of that perhaps another time but I thank you very much uh for joining us everybody thank you uh Mr Non-Eric from musictalk.de great to see you thank you uh once again uh, we'll see you in berlin shortly at yes. the super booth uh if not before though i somehow suspect you won't be on the show again so soon your your time is obviously more valuable than than we can possibly oh, uh, tempt boy. you away for <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't supposed to be a dig, by the way. It's just the you know. German you, the German
1: complainer.
0: <laughs> no, absolutely. Um, but thank you, Hans. It's Been great to have you Welcome, aboard. I hope. Yes. Pl- what have you got coming up on your site then? What people should be people looking out for?
1: Uh, we will be doing something on uh, isotopes RX. Okay. We'll be doing something on Studio One Three Point Two. And we t- will be trying a new format maybe because um, we've tr- tried to... I would like to talk more about the musical side because what, what we're doing is we're, we're taking music and make it techno technological, you know? So yeah. instead of, you know, and, and sometimes it would be nice to come back to the, you know, not make music, music more... Im- and make it more emotional and stuff, and, and talk about musical stuff because um, uh, that's mostly. At the end of the day, it makes so much more difference. If if you have a good singer, you can have a shitty microphone, but the other way around won't work. And yeah. um And uh, so uh, I asked my listeners, uh, my audience, if they would like some feedback on their tracks and we will try that format in the next couple of weeks so that people who watch Music Talk can send in their tracks and my panel will discuss what maybe could be done to improve the music.
0: Oh, that's an interesting Technic idea. From a musical,
1: but also from a technical point of view. But the, the tracks that I've heard so far, the problems, they lie in the musical part, not in the technical part, like in 95% of yeah. all cases.
0: Yeah, I can understand how that's the case. Well, that sounds like an interesting experiment. something we should probably uh, consider doing here as well, but uh, we could talk about that another time. Mark Tidley? That's, um, that's
3: exactly up. the same revelation I had the other day. And it was really because I joined this blend thing that I had that revelation. And I recognized that there's probably 10,000, you know, uh, computer musicians in this country and they're just churning stuff out. And you go through all these lists and lists of other people's songs and click on spin through them. And and I'm just thinking it's got to the point now where anybody can – or anybody with a little bit of skill can create computer generated music and it's not difficult to do. What is hard to do is to generate something with intelligent musical content. And I spent my whole career becoming brilliant at the technology. And now I'm like going, God, I need to learn to write songs. I just it's yeah. like <laughs> Uh, you know when do you do the turnaround what chord do you go to next how do you shift the mood to lift people in the chorus and all that sort of stuff i've never bothered with any of that because i've always gone like hey i'm doing something really clever this is the new sound listen to this you know incredible drum machine that i've just just had a 16th sequence that'll pick it up yeah and i've just sampled that post box over there and that car screeching to a halt and that guy trying to start his tractor and you know uh, it's no no longer new is it anyone can do that so it's got to be like listen to that chord going to there and like feel where that takes you next and i've got to learn to do that i suppose yeah I it's, I anyway i think
1: it's but, really, really <laughs> important to remember that music is is telling somebody a story even if it's a techno track you know, a really sort of club track. It's still, if it's a good one, it will create pictures in your mind, in your vision. You get an emotion, this sort of thing. And that is something we need to focus on. In fact, you know, what kind of mood am I creating? Is it working? Do I, you know, do, do I generate interesting pictures in the heads of my listeners? And mm. that can be done in many, many ways. And um, this that's the goal. And it's not the 24-bit, 96 kilohertz master ring yeah, yeah okay. i
0: i think i can deal with that but but before we go i should probably say goodbye to rich as well who's uh who's there uh, in uh sunny connecticut uh where spring is probably beginning to to blossom and uh, uh a, a young man's thoughts turn to uh touring and uh all such matters how uh, <laughs> i hope your your week promises uh all of those great things for you in the future and thank you for joining us
2: Thanks for having me. Great fun as always.
0: Right. Okay. Well, that's it once again. I should just mention quickly before we go, if you want to enter the competition to win Isotope's Ozone 7. Oops, that's not the button I need to press. I need to press another button and it's not working. Ah, there we go. Uh, You need to uh, uh, tweet This has to be done on Twitter. Tweet the hashtag FineAudioControl, which is uh, one word, and the hashtag Ozone7 to at SonicState and at IsotopeInc, and you will be entered for the competition. Thanks very much to Isotope for the sponsorship. Thanks to our panellists, and thanks to all of you folks in the chat room. It's always good to have you there. That's it for this week. Thanks very much for watching. See you next time.